It's a dreadful call and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast weekend preview as we look forward to uh, match week 10 in the Premier League. We can start counting who, who is where in the Premier League, Javier. It's officially match week 10 uh, and Chelsea are ahead of Arsenal. <laughs> Oh, want to start off. us off doing that fuck off literally <laughs> a week my, ago my you're like ah, i don't look at the table uh, i'm alex i'm from chelsea we're we're the young guns we we're, we're we're slow starters and we don't look at the table right now and now you're you're bringing out the table on me this like this this is uh just you're right i shouldn't do it until after week 10 but you know you're trying it's to depress 10, me again so... alex just like to start the, no no the i wouldn't want that immediately. I, I wouldn't want that right you don't i wouldn't want that, want that. depressed javier is it, We don't want depressed Javier showing again. But just for a little idea of what we're going to be talking about today, we've obviously got the big Liverpool-Tottenham clash uh, that doesn't seem as big as it did before the season started, but uh, still a top six clash nonetheless. That's going to be happening on Sunday at 12.30 p.m. Uh, We've got United going to Norwich, Chelsea going to Burnley, uh, Arsenal Are we rooting for, for Tottenham to just get spanked here? No, of course not. We are, we're rooting for uh, a boring, boring draw. Boring draw, yes. <laughs> or a high, or a high-scoring draw. I don't. I don't care. A draw. How about a draw mainly, where so like that neither Kane of these teams win and Salah get hurt? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean we, would, beat we would never bush. wish that upon them. But like you know, if it happened, you know, we wouldn't be that unhappy. Let's not. Let's just not beat around the bush. Let's just get right into it. Uh, let's start with that. Liverpool Tottenham game fun uh, that'll kick off Sunday at twelve thirty, uh, alongside the Arsenal Crystal Palace game and the Norwich Manchester City or Manchester United game. Uh, so uh, that will be on everyone's television screens. And both these teams managed to get uh, pretty substantial wins in mi- midweek in the Champions League against not the greatest of opponents. Uh, Liverpool beat who was it? I can't even. I think it's Genk, Genk in their group. Tottenham, Genk in the Slavia Champions Prague, League, right? So or uh, no, Red no, Star Belgrade. It, it was. Red Star right. Belgrade, yeah. I think they put or, uh, five. Servena Svezda. Yeah, Svezda. They put five past them. Well, whoever it was, it was not a not a difficult opponent for them. So, I mean, no one no one is saying not that back. Tottenham are back. No, they're not back. <laughs> we both thought it at the same time. Like they're not back. We're not. They're not getting that much credit yet. But at least they have. They got a little respite and they had a little happiness. And I, I mean, at least the manner of the goals. There were some nice goals, so I'm sure that they it'll give them at least a little bit of a confidence boost. Shout out to you for actually going and watching the highlights tonight. I didn't even bother. I, I just want I want to see them in a game that I mean, in a game that really matters. Everyone expects them to beat uh, Red Star Belgrade at home, uh, but coming back to the Premier League uh, with an away trip to Liverpool after uh, failing to get a positive result against uh, the bottom team in the league, Watford, last weekend. It's understandable why mo- most people, and I'm sure both of us, are not really giving Tottenham much of a chance this week. I'm leaning towards like maybe even a three or four nil Liverpool win. It, you can kind of make sense of 
the disappointing results at uh, at Old Trafford last week for them when you when you bring up the fact that Mohamed Salah didn't play and just how that has like a cascading effect uh, on the rest of the team and brings in Origi and shifts Mane over to the right. With him back at Anfield, that's it's that's where Salah gets most of his work done, and I'm sure he will have an absolute field day with. Danny Rose or whoever it is they start at left back, whether it's Rose or Vertonghen or, or whoever, or Davis. Or, it, it, I'm sure I'm probably going to even captain Salah this weekend in fantasy. That's how confident I am of him specifically at home in uh, in, in, the, in the Premier League at, in, in, at Enfield. That I, I'm probably going to go 3-0, maybe a 3-1 uh, for this one. Is, what, what's a scenario where you see... Tottenham actually turning their season around and getting something out of this. I mean, it wouldn't really surprise me that much, would it? Like, you would think that this is a game that, like, the manager won't need very much to get these players up. And Tottenham, while they haven't been, like, electric this season... Far from it. They've been okay in some of these big games that they've played. Um, And they haven't gotten, like decimated in any games. So I don't think they're going to get like three or four nil. Like you're oh, saying, come on, you can't say that. They just lost at Brighton three nil last, like, like before the international. Break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm you saying in the big game, in, 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 like I think they, that was definitely like, they probably underestimated Brighton and didn't take their chances. I think against Liverpool, they're not going to do that. They're going to put out their best team. They're going to be sharp and they're going to be at it. And they're going up against, you know, arguably the best team in the league right now. So they, they, you know, I mean, undeniably the best team in the league right now. So they're going to, I think they're going to approach it in a very careful way. And I think they'll do their five at the back that they've been playing. And yeah, I don't know. That frustrated Liverpool in the last game, the way that United did that five at the back and just really shut out what Trent and Robertson could do. And I think that, if Tottenham can can set up in a similar way to to like deny the service from them and just you know force Liverpool to have to play through the middle, which sometimes they're good at doing, sometimes they're not. It really depends a lot on Firmino and and I don't know. I mean, obviously when Salah's there, it's a much more threat than when Origi's there. But uh, I'm I'm not like convinced that they're going to get blown away. I think Tottenham. Could get a draw here. I don't. I can't see like a win. Obviously, that would be crazy at Anfield. But I could see a. I could, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say it's going to be like two one Liverpool, something like that. Okay. I, the the reason I I won't completely disagree with you is uh, something similar. To what we uh, what we were talking about. I think on a, a previous pod, maybe a week or two ago, where we saw plenty of times last season, especially in the second half of the season, where Tottenham's Home or league form specifically was absolutely awful, but they would just turn around in the Champions League and manage to get these results like they did twice against Manchester City, once against Ajax to get to the Champions League final. We're just like the occasion of those games and what those games uh, meant to Tottenham in that moment. They were able to get themselves up at least for the, like that 90 minutes to at least put in a, a make it a fight. So, yeah, we're. Neither of us are going to pick Tottenham to win, but uh, it's uh, for for Liverpool. They're starting to go through. I don't want to say like I mean, they've had injuries to start the season, but they're, they're starting to get injuries on top of uh, unconvincing performances that I do kind of worry about. Like could lead to the slip up here because 
Can you can you name me a time that Liverpool this season, other than in the Champions League, like they did today against Genk, uh, where Liverpool has just absolutely wiped the floor with an opponent? I want to say maybe Burnley away. But like, I don't know if that matters if you're just winning every game. But they've been winning games while playing like not at their best, which you know people will cite that as what a, a title-winning team does. But usually title-winning teams round into form and start to look unstoppable at some point. So it, if you continue to see Liverpool like play play poorly or not play as well as uh, we've seen them in past seasons, but still get results, maybe it doesn't catch up to them at this point of the season. But I, I, I think around Christmas time and around that January February time, you could start to see those, those like one or two nil wins turn into one ones a bit more often than we have seen so far. So I would. I would be treading carefully if I was Liverpool because Tottenham are looking for any sort of lifeline to get back into this. And if Allison, in his second game back, decides to Son have got a, risky a brace, turn on the I, ball, I feel or like Son's going to score. He's been, he's been, okay. he got close in the last game. He hit the bar. I think give him ninety minutes against Liverpool, and I, I, I think that Liverpool's defense has been. I know Allison's back, but. I think they're still there to be uh to be had more than they were last season and um they haven't kept nearly as many clean sheets this season and I think that uh they're not going to keep a clean sheet against Tottenham so I don't think either of these teams is keeping a clean sheet to be completely honest with you and uh, uh Andrew has uh what's one of his bets of the week uh Liverpool and Spurs both to score and Liverpool to win plus 160 so I I would I would fall in line with that I would probably agree on that it's probably one of the safer bets you can you can pick this week, uh, and the the only thing that would stop that from happening is if Spurs just decide to have another stinker where they get shut out again. So, um, so a big game for Spurs uh, for if they're going to turn their season around and start uh, trending upward in the league table a little bit more. But another big game going alongside of that is Arsenal Crystal Palace. Also at twelve thirty p.m. on Sunday. I'm not going to complain about the schedule this week. It's just the way it is. We have Liverpool, Arsenal, and United also all playing at the same time on Sunday afternoon. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it there. But yeah, great uh, job. This leads great into job, one, guys. This leads into one of my one of couldn't my best. Do one earlier. Couldn't couldn't have one at fucking uh, Javier. I 10, said 10. Javier. I said we're not going to complain. Yeah, yeah. I said we're you not going to complain. Couldn't have one at seven and one at ten. Spread spread <laughs> all three out. All three at twelve Bad, thirty. Bad. We're not going to complain about it. Not at all. No, no, no. Continue, Alex. I'm sorry. <laughs> it leads into one of my bets, uh, not one of my bets of the week, my only bet of the week, because to be honest with you, pickings were a little slim this week, and I didn't feel great about most of the things I looked at, but the thing I felt least terrible about picking is uh, the Arsenal Palace score draw at plus 460. Uh, Arsenal, of course, hosting Crystal Palace Sunday at 1230 at the Emirates. Uh, Palace coming off a, I don't want to say disappointing result against City. They never were really in the game. They had a few counterattacks early on that could have uh, could have led to something. But City dispatched them late on in the first half, scoring both their goals then. And wasn't much of a contest after that. But uh, Palace have gone to the Emirates and they've beaten Arsenal as recently as, what, April, May? Pretty recent. <laughs> they've gone to the Old Trafford. Yeah, it was the end of April. In the last, last month or two. It wasn't. Not a good yeah. time. Not a good time. We had seventy-eight percent possession and lost three-two. Classic. classic, classic Arsenal. <laughs> um, so, 
the main point I'm trying to make with this is that Crystal Palace won't be daunted at all going somewhere like the Emirates. It's not somewhere that they uh, don't see themselves getting a result at all. They'll they'll have seen, everyone in the league will have seen Arsenal's recent form and their recent uh, uh, results and just straight up how they've struggled to progress the ball against anyone Zaha's that sits in like a medium to low block. You know what I mean? And then we'll so, sign so, him. No, I, you don't think he's uh, given up on that? You guys you guys cheated on no. him. He was, he was there waiting we for you. We have room for him Pepe on the left instead. wing. No, no, no. It, it doesn't work that Zaha way. Zaha left wing, Aubameyang mid, uh, center, you know, and you, then... Javier, you spend, you spend like right all wing. of your Europa League budget on Pepe. You're, you're, you're no, tied up. It's only 20 million. Nothing, it's nothing. He was a chief signing... It was, he's yeah, not a bus. He's not a Maratta where you spend eighty million in one day, you know, one year or whatever. It's fine. We got we got fifty back. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's really fine. Um, <laughs> what are you picking for this Arsenal game? Because uh, I mean, uh, we had this conversation last yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, this. I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but like I think we're going to win and then maybe get a clean sheet. I just I don't think Palace have been that good offensively this year. I don't I don't really get how they've been getting goals. I mean, it's because of these random penalties that they always keep getting and like they don't okay, they don't have that many penalties this year. I think Milivojevic has like one penalty this season. Yeah, I don't how how are they getting they're getting a lot of like nil nils and one nils. Jordan Ayew? Jordan Ayew has a couple goals. Yeah. Uh, they're they're getting goals from set pieces. They're getting goals on the counterattack. It's I mean, there's going to be plenty of scenarios for Crystal Palace to take advantage of. They're right of. below us in the table. It's probably unrealistic to say 2-0. I mean, it, I it screams 2-1. I just I feel kind of confident. I feel kind of confident because we're at home and because last time we lost to them, we're going to want to like put this right. I feel like the players are going to have like just a little bit extra motivation for this game. Um, also, But also, it's Crystal Palace at yeah, home. Yeah, and I, th- I, I kind of think holding... Holding is going to have to break into the team soon, whether it be like if he performs really well in Europa tomorrow or, you know, that might be his ticket into this game. But I think when he does enter the fold, him and Tierney, I think our defense is going to look better. And when that happens is when I think we're going to like start getting a couple clean sheets, you know. Um, I just think that the Kolasinic, the Xhaka, you, you can't have both on – it's it's the new Mustafi – Jaka combo where like if they're on the pitch at the same time you're like you know Arsenal are gonna do something probably not great and fuck up even though it is a little unfair to Kolasinic because he did provide the cross to Pepe in the uh in the uh first half of that Sheffield game to uh that could have just put us up one nil but you know it, defensively he's such a big liability and I think we're gonna once we get an actual left back in but I digress. This isn't really what like I do, wanted do you to want talk to hear my, about. My, just a quick take on that. I I don't think there's any point in this season where okay, sure, maybe you guys improved defensively through things we've like kind of touched on in the past, like switching to a back three uh, and shoring things up that way, like a kind of logical way that a lot of teams approach it with. But I don't think those players coming back back from injury, namely uh, Tierney and Bellerin. Bayerin, I don't think those players coming back really improves you that much defensively. I just think it improves you in your your own possession of the ball and your own methods of like progressing it. And you'll you guys will just start scoring more. And you guys, I don't think you'll ever be good defensively with this current group of players. You just need to improve on the ball and and stop yourselves from turning the ball over in possession. 
that can lead to you guys conceding chances. So it's kind of like an indirect way of improving defensively by improving offensively. That that's that's all I'd say because it's there's no there's no denying that Tierney and, and Bellerin are probably like two of the best attacking wingback options you could have uh, in the Premier League at the moment. It, it, attacking being the operative word there, but. That that's all I wanted to say. Just don't just don't expect you guys to get like amazing defensively anytime soon. Brings me to my like actual point about Arsenal, which I like touched on in the on the last pod, which is with Unai Emery, like at this point, there's two scenarios at Arsenal. And the first one is you know, he's a year in, four months in, and you know, the players aren't listening to him. They're not adapting to his system. They're not doing what he wants. They're not pressing the way he wants. They're not keeping possession the way he wants. Which, if that is the case, then that is a big problem, obviously, because either there's a a disconnect between the squad and the manager, or the manager isn't good enough to control the squad, or there isn't the respect. Whatever it is, there's a problem there. That's the first scenario. The second scenario, which also isn't uh, good is if they they have actually... Yeah, I don't know what's worse. <laughs> like, if they have actually listened to Unai, and this is this is them actually executing his plan. Because if this if it's a year and four months, and, and this is what I think the more likely scenario is, is that the players are listening to Unai, they are doing what he wants, and what's going on? I mean, they're just... They, there isn't much of an identity to the team. We don't defend well. We don't attack well. We're just being bailed out by our attacking talent, you know, in a bombing and Lacazette. And it's, it's neither, neither scenario is good. So at this point, like where can we go with Unai? And I think we've, we've hit it. We've hit like, obviously at this point, losing four, one in, in the Europa final versus one of your biggest rivals was a, was a low peak. And it doesn't seem like we're ever going to like get a better than, you know, that 23 unbeaten run or whatever that we did with him. It, it doesn't ever feel like that. It, and during even that run, we didn't play that. We weren't playing that well. And that whole time we were thinking like, all right, once Arsenal plays some real opposition, like what's going to happen? And we, you know, we collapsed. So it's, I think Unai has come to an end, like his, his, his strategy, what he's done at Arsenal, it, it, because, and I think it's so telling because Brendan Rodgers, Frank Lampard, two English managers. Well, who one English manager. You can clearly see. You can, yeah, no. one Welsh. Brendan, one Brendan's you Northern Irish. Come see. on, Javier. Northern Ireland. Oh, Northern Irish. I thought he was uh, fr- from Wales. Okay. Uh, but uh, whatever. Two two managers that, like, you know, were new on their teams. Obviously, uh, Brendan had a half season more, but you can cl- you could see his philosophy being implemented at the end of last year. You can see progression. You could see it on the pitch. Right. You can see the progression into it this year. With Frank, you could could see the first few games, how disjointed the team was. They're improving a lot every game, defensively and offensively. And you can see an identity. You can see kind of what the game plan is. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I'm sure a lot of it is sorry. A lot of it is like the coaching that Frank's just like carrying sure. on from before. And maybe Emery didn't have 
Unai didn't have a, like a lot to carry on from Wenger. You know, I'm, I'm guessing that that's the case. He, he's inherited a lot of players that had a lot of bad habits, a lot of issues that need a lot of coaching. And I guess I have to be fair to Unai there, but I'm, I'm very in the dumps about him right now. And his, his continually picking Jaka and continually, you know, making him captain and, and picking Kolasinic. Yeah. It's just, it's, uh, it's gotten me. I mean, I still think we're going to win this game, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, we'll see how that goes. So there's two scenarios you laid out. The, the, the main thing that catches my attention for both of them is that in either scenario, uh, either the players not receiving the information that Unai is uh, putting across to them or Unai, or Unai successfully giving them uh, his, his plan, but it's just not working out. Both of, them, both of those come around to Unai Emery not succeeding because it's your job as the manager to get through to your players. Uh, and, you know, that, that's, that's what people have volleyed at multiple Chelsea managers when, that, when people have been like, oh, the players aren't playing for the manager or uh, like they don't, they don't know what the manager wants of them. In those scenarios, that still comes back to the manager. It's your job to figure out a way to motivate players and put them in positions to, to succeed, no matter – yeah, I want no, him I fired do, now. But like, I wouldn't mind giving like Freddie Lumber okay. a chance. For, like, I don't, I don't know about that. Season. Like, I think you fire him for someone you you can uh, realistically bet on to push you into top four. Freddie Lumber coming in right now from assistant to full time manager. I I don't know. That's I would probably stick with. I would Might stick with Unai, than Unai rather than I, Unai. Is also, trash. just like Frank Lampard is also just speaking realistically about Unai. Uh, and about Arsenal in general, this is a club that stuck with Wenger for ten years past when they should have like fired him. So you think they're just gonna fire Unai and be forced to pay him when they can just keep him and then no, I and don't then just sigh. let him walk at the end no. of his two year deal that ends this season. I don't see it happening. So get used to Unai for the rest of the season uh, unless things get really really bad. So. Maybe you have to start rooting for Arsenal to drop points. Yeah. You start rooting for Arsenal to for things to get worse before no, they no, can get no, better. No, don't get ridiculous now. All right. <laughs> okay, don't. so my bet of the week is Arsenal Crystal Palace score draw plus four sixty. Uh, you know, Arsenal obviously favorites, but I, I think Crystal Palace can come through and get get the result here. Uh, let's move on to the third of that, those Sunday games, Norwich hosting Manchester United, two teams kind of down in the dumps right now, uh, both in the bottom half of the table. Uh, Norwich are on a, a pretty abysmal run uh, where we were all aware of their of their defensive woes uh, so far this season, but now all of a sudden the goals have dried up. They got their first clean sheet last week at Bournemouth, which would be impressive if uh, that did, game didn't end nil-nil. Uh, it's, it's somewhat of a step in the right direction for uh, for Norwich, but uh, they'll they'll host a Manchester United team that are slowly starting to get a little bit healthier. Uh, they they'll have a Europa League game to contend with uh, tomorrow Thursday before uh, the weekend uh, game on Sunday. What do we think about Norwich's chances of getting anything from this game? Where, where like a few weeks ago, I feel like we probably would have picked Norwich to to, to beat United at Carrow Road, where where they beat Manchester City. Now it's kind of feeling like Norwich are just willing to take anything they they can get. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely on a bad run and it makes me like definitely not think that they're going to win this um because I thought United looked pretty good last game and we didn't probably didn't praise them enough for getting a draw with Liverpool. I did, I did um, my best, man. I did my best. 
we uh we definitely did like they did get people were predicting them to get spanked three nil or something. And, people, you know, quote I, people. Yeah, I, people. I won't name names. One um, of them may have been on this pod. But I will. Uh, I mean, this leads to my bet of the week, which is I think I have Norwich drawing with Manchester United at plus two ninety. I think I think like I would have predicted a Norwich win a few weeks ago. Um, but I think now a draw seems like the most realistic result, and I think Manchester United could sneak could sneak a win here. If um, I think Godfrey went out injured in Norwich's last game in the fiftieth minute, and I think he's been their like standout center back this season, and without him, I think they they could struggle. And Rashford looked good. Martial's back. I don't think Pogba will be back he's in this back game, for but week. having Martial will be a big boost and. Rashford plays like he did and Martial being back with with James. I don't know. It could be a lot for Nor for Norwich without Godfrey to handle. So um I could see United getting two or three goals if um if Norwich aren't at it. So let me let me spruce this bet up for you a little bit. Because when I wanted to pick the Arsenal Palace draw, I didn't like the odds initially. So I looked up the score draw. Honestly, yeah. I'm gonna do two so, two. Javier, say, in that case, two, the two. the score draw in Norwich Man United is plus three three fifty. Plus three fifty. Go for that instead. That that that's your move, Javier. Because you're basically saying you think yeah, it's gonna like be that. it could the be like a draw, nil nil draw. I mean, I, there's yeah. there's no way it's gonna be a nil nil. I don't think. I'm, I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm overestimating both these teams, but I, I'm pretty confident both of them are scoring. Um, so if that's the case, just take the just take the the plus three fifty instead of the plus two ninety. You you gonna bite on that one, or are you gonna stick with your your plus two ninety? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll do the plus three fifty, plus three fifty. Let's do the score draw, Norwich Man okay. United. Uh, yeah, that that's gonna be a good one. Uh, it's kind of a shame that it's uh, gonna be stuck behind these other two games uh, all at the same time on Sunday. We're not complaining. We're not going right. to complain, I Alex. I keep, Why are I you keep saying it's a shame, to, to, Alex? To, to wingy Alex. There's nothing about that that's a shame. It's just it happened, Alex. <laughs> Don't talk about it more. It ha- it's happening. We can't do anything about He's it. bringing more attention to it. Yeah, so let's let's get away from the Sunday games uh, and move on to Saturday. I do want to hit real quick on uh, Saturday morning to kick off the Premier League action for the weekend at least. Um, I know that Southampton are hosting Leicester on Friday night, but to kick off the weekend action, Manchester City are hosting Villa, who are coming off of two wins of their own uh, away at Norwich, winning 5-1, and home against Brighton, winning 2-1 right at the death. But they'll travel up to the Etihad and uh, see if they continue their good form. They're certainly uh, stylistically similar to the Wolves team that one two nil at city a couple of weeks ago. I just don't know if I trust them enough to hold out for 90 minutes defensively against this Manchester city team to give themselves the platform to, to get it like a smashing grab of sorts. They'll have to get pretty lucky. I, I, I think if they're going to get any kind of result out of this um, and Manchester city are coming off and just an absolute pummeling of Atalanta in midweek, effectively ending Atalanta's Champions League chances. Uh, so they're, they're, they're confident again. Raheem's scoring. Raheem's scoring now. He's got a hat-trick in midweek and set up a goal for David Silva last week. Uh, it's All signs point towards City, right? Uh, <laughs> we don't have a, an official prediction for this week, but... Uh, well, I, I was looking at the odds, and there's a plus 1,000 for Aston Villa to draw here, and I think that's a little bit unkind to Villa, especially because 
they've given every team a run for their money this year. Um, I think there was one game they got blown out. I think it was against Liverpool. But no, I, don't, I don't think they've played Liverpool there's, yet. They've or who, uh, who they got blown out one time this season, didn't they? Uh, the only thing I can think of is the opening day against Tottenham, but they were up one 0 in that, and then Spurs scored three in the last like ten right, minutes or something. Right. So that was close. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they've they've played everyone pretty closely, and I think they'll do the same with City. I don't think they're gonna get blown out. Um, I think like a three one result would be because they've been good offensively and they've been dangerous. Yeah, Grealish is starting to really um, play well again. McGinn, Wesley, Grealish. Uh, El Mahamedi, they've they, they've been they've been getting in there, and they've they have a lot of players who are young and have are hungry and and want to prove themselves. And this is going to be the team to prove themselves against. So I wouldn't just like completely discount them. I think plus a thousand to draw is a little bit disrespectful. And like plus two thousand three hundred to uh, for a Villa win here, which obviously I'm not saying Villa's going to win, but it's just like they're really saying it's almost impossible, which. I don't think Villa are the worst team in the league, so we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Maybe I'm wrong and they lose five nil here. And I, I, I would probably say closer to three nil, three nil City. Um, I'm I'm still fairly confident in City's ability to control. I think defensively, City are just like, I mean, Ederson's been bailing them it, out. It doesn't the matter how good or bad City are defensively when they get their possession down correctly, and you can't get the ball off them. Their control is just. It's like a python just choking the the shit out of you, and you just don't have a chance to do anything. But if you're a team that's already used to having like only thirty percent of the ball, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's not such a bad thing. Okay. But yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it is such a suffocating thing to play against. So the last of the games we'll uh, talk about before we uh, leave you guys for the week is uh, Burnley hosting Chelsea Saturday, twelve thirty p.m. The uh, late game Saturday. Uh, Chelsea are coming off one of my favorite performances of the season so far with a 1-0 win away at Ajax today in the Champions League. I was going into this game kind of concerned about a lot of the injuries that we, we still have, lingering injuries to N'Golo Kante and uh, Antonio Rudiger that have kept them out for most of this season and uh, look to keep them out for uh, at least a, another couple of weeks. But the depth of the squad has just come through. And I, I find myself trusting the midfield of Jorginho, Kovacic, and Mount almost as much as I would one with N'Golo Kante in it to at least control games and to uh, make sure that Chelsea are the dominant team in possession and are able to press without the ball. Have you played? Uh, have you put any good teams? Oh, have season? you heard of Ajax? Uh, they went to the semifinals last year of the Champions League. Oh. Ajax, a yeah. Dutch team. The, uh, the, the Dutch champion. champions, mm. the Champions League semifinalists from right, last well, year. Uh, let's see. Uh, you, since uh, the really, opening day really when you lost 4 really nothing. jump into this right now? At Old Trafford. You really haven't played really anyone that jump good. Into this so right please don't get that high and high and mighty no, right we, now, Alex. Please don't, five, don't just like claim your team are gods. Wolves beat City. We're better than City. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was, uh, that was impressive. Uh, I'll give you that one. You won. You we, won five two Norwich away. away. Norwich beat City. Not impressive. Yeah, we're we're better impressive. than City. That's that's basically what I want everyone to know from this pod. Like Chelsea, are better. No, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> you drew with the gods of Sheffield United away. It's a long time home, ago, but uh, more notably, we're going up to Turf Moor. Never an easy ground to go to, uh, but I'm still pretty optimistic. Sean Dyche, it's time for him to get a result like this, isn't it? But like what, Javier? You tell me. I think What's there the could result? be a two-one. 
There could be a 2-1 Burnley. That's not what you have written down, Javier. I mean, I may have something else written down, but I'm just, I'm entertaining it. I'm playing devil's advocate here, Alex. Come on. I mean, you don't want to like, you don't think that it could happen? Of course I do. Of course I think it could happen. Little Champions League Burnley hangover slip up. Built to take advantage of our weaknesses, which are defending set pieces. You guys and defending are playing aerial balls. almost the same eleven every game, like Champions League and Sorry, Premier what? League. You guys are playing the same eleven almost every game, Champions League and Premier League. Like a little rotation, but isn't that a little worrying? No, it's not worrying. We've been kind of forced to play certain uh, lineups because of the injuries, like. Uh, like Christensen and Rudy. Christensen's also been injured of late, so we've been going with uh, Tamori and Zuma a lot recently. They've both in- improved a lot. Emerson's been out for a while, so Alonso's been locked in at left back. Kante being out means that Kovacic and Jorginho basically have to play in midfield with some sort of. There's been some rotation with Barkley uh, playing a little bit deeper in midfield too, but now he's injured. So we're, we've kind of been forced into uh, a certain. 11 for most of our games but it's it's obviously worked out we have six straight wins in all competitions after starting the season with two wins in our first five so we're trending in the right direction we're scoring goals for fun on the road scored five at wolves scored three at norwich scored four at southampton uh burnley though probably better than most of those teams if not uh maybe not wolves but better than most of those teams will be a tougher test and like I like I just mentioned, they they have the capability to take advantage of Chelsea's weaknesses on set pieces and uh, in certain instances on the counterattack. But at the back, I'm I'm just seeing matchups that I just make me just salivate. Like I was saying to you before we started recording, Hudson Odoi running at Matthew Lowton for ninety minutes, like oh man, oh. Oh, it's not Eden oh, Hazard, man. Alex. Calm Eden down. Hazard. Like Eden Hazard. Oh, dude. Callum. Cal- Speaking of, you see that trash miss Eden had. In I the, did. Uh, you know, it's the change of scenery. He would have put that away if he was playing for Chelsea. Yeah, it's like Nico Pepe. Just give him a little time. Give him a little time, Danny. He'll, but players he'll get that there don't soon. need time are uh, are true stud young players like Callum Hudson Odoi. Like Callum Hudson Odoi. Alex is chode. I mean, Cho. I mean, what? And you know what? what I'll say it. Christian Pulisic, I would not be in the least bit upset if Frank decided to rest, let's say... What about Mishi, Alex? Mishi is our Chicharito, Javier. He's got our the winner. weapon off the bench. Our Chicharito. Right. What the fuck? But How are you guys so good about, right I want to say something about Pulisic. Because I'm sure all Why? of our American Why listeners... Why is Chelsea stay good? Even when you're <laughs> Come transfer on, man. banned. <laughs> You sound surprised. Dude. Like this Fuck team didn't just guys. wipe the floor uh, with you in May for one. Um, right, you guys just had all these like gods on loan, and you guys were just gonna lose another generation of like Salas, De Bruyne's, and like fucking Lukaku's, and then you're just like, no, 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 let's get transfer banned and bring all those players that we were probably gonna lose. Bring them together to Chelsea and actually fucking use them. The fucking gods just favored you for like one year. Now you're going to have all this money in the bank that you just didn't spend last year. One like from like Europa Sancho, and getting Champions League. <laughs> like, and like you guys are going to be so good in the next like few years when you weren't supposed to be. It's, the, it's the really one thing I want to mention is just Javier. I know what's coming. I, let me get this out. I know, I know the Chelsea. Out. I know you want to like, get your rant coming. in about Chelsea, but I, I, no, you can't help but talk about us. It's, it's, it's fine. I get it. Um, 
Pulisic has been playing so well off the bench specifically. That's most of the chances he's been given uh, in the last few weeks that I wouldn't even be upset if we or if Frank decided to even rest Mason Mount for this one. Mason's been playing a lot of games and he has a pretty significant injury history. He's always started seasons well and the last two years he's been away on loan, but he always picks up an injury just from being targeted somewhere midway through the season. And it's kept him out for significant chunks both times. So I'd like to see him uh, and maybe a few of the other very young players be taken care of a little bit more. And when players like Christian Pulisic come on and play well. Oh, yes, in what like I'm a, saying to you, Alex, you can't Pulisic start them every notably game. came on in that Newcastle game last week and wasn't playing out wide. Hudson-Odoi stayed on the left and Williams stayed on the right. And Frank said in the in the the post game interview that he specifically wanted Pool Six uh, take on ability and dribbling ability in that central role as the number ten to try and create something and get into the heart of the Newcastle defense. Uh, I don't love that role for Pool Six full time, but I think in spots here and there where we need to break down a low block and have a bit more uh, dribbling and creativity on the ball, Pool Six could be a nice little option as the the, the more attacking midfielder. So. I don't know if Frank will do it. He'll probably stick with Mason uh, and stick with that same 11, like you said, uh, to, to start in this one. Uh, get a nice little two or three goal lead and then bring in some players to push it to three or four. I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be 3-1 Chelsea. Uh, but Javier, you're the one who's doing our Premier League NBC Sports predictor uh, picks of the week. I have 2-1 Chelsea. I think it's going to be a Run through them all right now. Yeah. Run through them all. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got Chelsea 2-1. I've got Wolves. Wolves getting a a, a neat away win at uh, Newcastle. I think Wolves are back. I think that they're they're going to start picking it up a little this season in the results category. Uh, I have a two one Liverpool win over Newcastle Tottenham. Wolves result. You just said Wolves were going to win. It was a uh, Newcastle one Wolves two, and I have uh, again Liverpool beating Tottenham two one. Uh, Arsenal beating Palace. I. I don't know where the Palace goal is going to come from. It might just be a stupid error from us, and we do end up just winning 2-1. But I do see us scoring a couple times against Palace at home. Good bounce-back game. I think we're going to easily dispatch whatever the fuck Victoria in midweek. So I have us beating Palace 2-0, and then I have, uh, I think, a fun game. Norwich against Man United. Uh, I've got a 2-2 draw. Okay, and uh, to round out, Andrew's bets of the week. Uh, I mentioned his uh, Liverpool Spurs both to score and Liverpool to win at plus 160. He's got a Leicester straight-up win over Southampton on Friday night. Uh, that is an away game for Leicester, uh, and that's plus 135 for them to win that one. And then a Sheffield draw at West Ham for plus 250. He's also thrown in the under 2.5 goals at plus 100. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that out and just stick with the Sheffield draw at West Ham. You know, Andrew, you could I'm capping you at three bets that you can submit to us when you're when you're when you're not on the pod, man. You, go ahead and throw in more when you're on the pod, but don't submit five or six bets <laughs> when you're not here. <laughs> so we'll take those three from Andrew. Uh, mine is going to be Arsenal Crystal Palace score draw at plus four sixty, and Javier is Norwich Manchester United score draw. At plus 350, I think it was. Yeah. So, Javier, thanks for coming on again on such short notice. We kind of threw this together at the last minute because of that uh, Friday Southampton-Leicester game that's uh, coming up. Uh, thank you, listeners, uh, for, again, 
checking in on us and uh, looking forward to this weekend. Follow us on social media at Ghost Goal Pod on Instagram and Twitter, at Andrew Passaro for his socials, uh, at ASMOS92 for my Instagram and Twitter, and at JavierRev9 for Javier's Instagram. And until next time, 